In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Alleluia. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Alleluia. of the steadfast love of the Lord. Alleluia. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Alleluia. salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise let us pray to the Lord Kyrie, Kyrie, and 
help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first lesson for the third Sunday of Easter is written in the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. 
but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is written in the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 2. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. Alleluia. known to them in the breaking of the bread. I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Alleluia. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory be to you, Lord. Glory be to you, Lord. Words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. The concept of the Lord God as shepherd is one that runs throughout the entire scriptures. It's typified in the patriarchs and the kings of the Old Testament. It's put into poetry of psalmists and prophets. It's preached by the apostles. But Jesus is the one who tells it like it is. He tells the reality, and this is the reality, behind all the pictures and all the poetry, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. It's a picture, a scene, that that just seems so right. We almost expect it. For Jesus is the way a shepherd is, of course. He does the things that a shepherd does. Jesus cares for the sheep. He protects them. He feeds them. He knows them. Jesus does all of these things for us, for it is the nature, it is the definition of a shepherd to do all of that. And in contrast, Jesus is not, he says, not a hired hand. A hired hand has no skin in the game, no investment in the flock. He might act like he cares, do some things that a shepherd does, but the sheep are not his. He'll do his job, but no more. All of that, though, is to really highlight Jesus' unique care for his sheep. That is to say, no one cares for the sheep like their shepherd. A hired hand doesn't because it's not in his nature to do that. And then, you need a shepherd because wolves do what wolves do. They come, they scatter, they attack the sheep because they want to eat them. They want to devour them, kill them, which they do best by scattering the flock, by separating the sheep from their shepherds, separating the sheep from one another. It is the very nature of a wolf to do that. This is no modern retelling of a fairy tale, though, where where the big bad wolf is not really that bad. He's just misunderstood. No, wolves are predators who eat sheep. Among many predators, I suppose, the devil is the king of the beasts, prowling around looking to devour you. And he will attack, he will seek to scatter the flock, he will try to get them alone, try to separate them from each other and thus separate them from the shepherd because that's what wolves do. So shepherds do what shepherds do and hired men do what they do. Wolves do what wolves do. Sheep also do what sheep do. What's that? Very often sheep kind of get a bad rap for being dumb. And I guess they are, maybe. They do wander easily, they stray. What they usually do is put their head down and they eat the grass that is in front of them. They're they're too busy eating to look where they're going. But sheep, of all the things that sheep do, they also do this. They listen. They listen to the voice of their shepherd. And when they hear the voice of their shepherd, they recognize it and they, they follow it. It's hardly a surprise to us when the scripture says all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. It's it's hardly a surprise that we would go astray because we too get preoccupied, occupied with the thing that is in front of us, counting on everything that's on our plate, everything that is in front of us, 
going from one patch of grass to the next and then, and then suddenly look up and, and seem to have no idea where we are or how we got to this point, how we got into this mess. We find ourselves lost and strayed. But then the shepherd calls. His voice calls us to repent, to turn back to the flock so that we may be kept from danger. This whole picture, the whole picture that the scripture paints of the shepherd and his sheep, even when they stray and are returned back to the fold, this whole picture is stunning in its beauty, is it not? It's, it's like a movie in which all the actors are perfectly cast in their parts. Jesus is our shepherd, our only shepherd, who protects us from the danger of the enemy, who cares for us, feeds us, knows us. We are his people, the flock of his pasture. We play our part perfectly when we stray, though. Not quite as well when we do not listen nearly as well as sheep do. But all of that, that that whole picture and how it plays out in the scriptures and then again in our lives, all of that that we have said so far, that is not really what makes this shepherd, our shepherd, the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. And immediately he explains what that means. Jesus says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But shepherds don't do that, see. That's not why people keep sheep or other livestock. The the farmer doesn't die for the animals. The animals die for the farmer. And so Jesus breaks up. He breaks into and explodes our idyllic, pretty picture of the shepherd and his sheep. Even perhaps our notions of what is good and right. And here it is. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We sing the shepherd dies for sheep who love to wander. This is what makes him good. And it is precisely in this, in his sacrificial death, that no one else would do for you that makes him good. That he does what no shepherd would do. But then also this. He lays down his life, but he takes it up again. Christ is risen from the dead. No one does that either because no one else can. You wouldn't lay down your life and you couldn't pick it up again. But this good shepherd has in fact picked up his life again. Only so that he may now give it to you as his gift. That's what you receive from him. That's what you receive from him, whether, whether back in the back of church at the font or in front of the church at the altar, from the pulpit, from the floor in holy absolution, from the hand of your shepherd to you, his sheep, the life of Jesus. As though you, as his sheep, have been picked up out of the grave and given life. The reason that we as his sheep listen to the voice, that we listen and believe the word of Jesus. It's not because it makes sense, because it's believable. We don't listen and believe in him because it makes life better to have something to believe, helps us get through the week, through the day. It is because of this, that Jesus was dead. And now he isn't. 
That's also the reason why we come to church on Sunday. It's not because we have the day off of work or school. It's not because the roads are finally clear to come. It's it's not because the lakes are still frozen and we don't have anything else better to do. It is because Jesus has risen from the dead on this day. And he's made this day his own. That he might give his life to you. The good shepherd doesn't do, just do what shepherds do. Only one does this. Only your Jesus, no one else lays down his life for you. Only Jesus, no one else loves you this much. And only your Jesus has taken his life back up again. So that though you continue to and always will this side of the grave do what sheep do, you will wander. You will get lost. You will be in danger. And you will die. Your shepherd who has laid down his life for you by his dying and has picked it up by his rising. Your shepherd will never leave you. Not even in your wandering, not even in your death. And you too, O flock of Christ, will be raised and restored so that you, O flock of Christ, may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father,
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For all who have been baptized at the still waters of the font, that they remain in the green pastures of the Holy Church, where they want for nothing and have their souls restored as their good shepherd ever cares for their every spiritual need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the members of this parish and all Christians everywhere, that we would receive strength to resist sin and temptation in our lives, fearing no evil as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, knowing that our good shepherd is with us to heal and comfort us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our steadfast faith in Jesus Christ, a cheerful hope in his mercy, and a sincere love for God and neighbor, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those whom God has placed in authority over us, especially our president, our governor, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws, that they would serve with integrity and honor, always seeking the common good of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and suffering, and for all who stand in need of our prayers, that they would be well cared for and restored to health, or given grace to accept their time of tribulation with courage and hope, knowing that they always remain in their good shepherd's loving arms. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who come to the table, their Lord and shepherd has prepared for them, that they would receive the holy sacrament of his true body and blood in faith and to the eternal nourishment of their souls. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our lives, that we would, together with the saints who have gone before us, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, who laid down his life for us, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, almighty Father, everlasting God, but chiefly we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. For he is the very Paschal Lamb, which was offered for us and has taken away the sins of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Almighty God, endless is your mercy and eternal is your reign. Out of love you created us and everything which exists. In mercy you preserved the church in Noah's day with a flood. In grace you promised to bless us through Abraham's seed. With patience you protected that seed through the judges and kings of Israel. 
In faithfulness, you repeated your promises through the prophets. And when the time had fully come, you sent your son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law with a perfect and sufficient sacrifice, which paid the price for the sins of the entire world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Lord, we bow before you in thankfulness for your many and varied gifts, for Christ's redemptive death, his victorious resurrection, his ascension promises, and his powerful reign at your right hand. Bolstered by your endless grace and Pentecost spirit, we eagerly await his glorious return. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O God the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving kindness you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Good morning. This is our Sunday for our quarterly congregational meeting. So you're all invited to stay and hear a, a report and, and update on goings on in the congregation. Uh, before, while you're all here, uh, just a reminder that next Sunday, the service, Sunday service time will be at 10.30, 15 minutes later, 10.30, giving time for Pastor Meal and Hart to get here. I will be in Washington. We'll just take a, a couple of minutes for us to get things set up. God be with you.